Welcome to issue 189 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the Encounters app. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Boggs. Joining me is Steve. Hello. Bill. Hello there. Daniel. Welcome back, sir. Nice to have you. <laughs> Thanks. And Mike. Hi, Boggs. <laughs> hey, thank you nice guys for having me on again. again. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. fantastic. Um, yes, okay, we got a full house tonight. We've got the crew. We've got Bill on. We've got Boggs, who we haven't heard from for over a year. And, oh boy, this is awesome. Um, yeah, I'm glad we can make this work, because it is not our usual podcast time. Uh, neither is it a usual time for Boggs, who is currently on the other side of the world. He's time so traveling. It's time glad stuff. Glad we can make this work. Time stuff. Oh, it's tomorrow. <laughs> it's tomorrow where he is. He's he's in the future. It's awesome. I am. Gosh. I am. Yeah. Don't don't come to the future. It's it's not it's not good. Stay where you are. Oh, the villains <laughs> oh, don't win. No. <laughs> Wait, what did wow. you say? I'm sorry. The villains don't win. No, unfortunately not. They they do not. Win. Uh, All right. <laughs> I was hoping you might tell me the right lottery numbers. Mm. Uh, that that that's actually where the problem stems from. Uh, that's, oh, that's, uh, that's where it started. So I I'm not just going to perpetuate that. I understood. Makes yeah. sense. All right. Well, before we get into the meat of things, Daniel, I ha- I have to ask you this first, just to keep the rest the audience waiting. Uh, what's on your mind tonight? Not a ton. I'm looking up, Mike, and I'm thinking of the vast vast expanse of space and you know what's up there mike five stars five stars Ooh, that was good that's good five stars mike and this one is not a lot of reading for me tonight we got five stars and then insightful fun and lots of regular content that comes from 1l via apple podcast thanks 1l you, that's you, awesome. you, didn't, you didn't read the title of the review though Oh, I probably should have. The best champions podcast. Yeah. All right. There we go. Ah, yeah. Take that, champions monthly. Ah. <laughs> I concur. Well, we can't have the best podcast without the best game, and we can't have the best game without the best designers. And tonight is an interrogation room with none other than Michael Boggs, designer, well, former designer of the game, and. We wanted to, you know, we've got a ton of new content and different things you haven't been on in a while. We want to be able to pick your brain, talk to you about all the stuff that's come out, see if you were involved in any of that, and, and just have a, a nice little conversation. So thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to the talk. So Mike did mention it has been uh, over a year since you were on, uh, August in 2022, I think. It, wow. Issue 128 was our last interview with you, so... Uh, okay, yeah, that was quite a while ago. Yeah. yeah. At that point, you had mentioned you left FFG and the Marvel Champions line in May of 2022. So since then, we've had a lot released. You know, we've got our X-Men. We had Sinister Motives had come out. That's, I think, what we had talked to you about. And we just got, um, we've now have the start of the next evolution for the X-Force stuff. So I'm cur- curious. I'm stealing Bill's questions here, but I'm really curious. What level of involvement did you have in our X-Men or X-Force, the, those boxes? Uh, so with Mutant Genesis, I, um, 
I didn't do a lot of design work for it. In fact, I don't really think I did much of anything aside from, you know, help Caleb with ideas that he had. Um, there was a point where Caleb was working on his new Star Wars deck building game. And so I, mm -hmm. I kind of helped at the end put the files together, get everything organized. Um, but it was mostly just me taking the work that he had completed and making it look prettier, uh, more or less. Um, so uh, that that was really it for Mutant Genesis. For um, the Mojo scenario pack, I kind of, uh, uh, I believe I wrote the vision for that one and got the initial designs going for um, all three scenarios and play tested those, you know, a, a little bit, took them through a couple different iterations. Uh, during that process, uh, Tony Fanchi had already joined the Marvel Champions team. Um, and I, uh, he, he was kind of in, that was sort of his, his introductory pack to the, to the game line. Um, and, you know, he's a very experienced designer, but there's always going to be new things when you're joining a new, new team. Um, and so that was kind of his chance to, to see the process from the beginning. And once um, that ball got rolling, I, I kind of handed the, the pack off to him and he, he took it from there. Um, and then with Next Evolution, that one was very similar to Mojo, um, but I had less involvement in that overall. I, I did a couple of the scenarios uh, and I also helped design a few of the heroes after uh, next evolution um, but again it was just kind of like early iteration stuff taking it through a couple different designs um, trying to get something that was more of a framework than anything else um, and then once that was kind of you know functioning to a certain point I handed the designs off to Tony and and uh, at, at one point I moved over into the Arkham Horror LCG team uh, that was kind of my last couple months at, at Fantasy Flight was helping them so um really i just was helping with with early iterations on on most of the stuff that we're seeing now okay cool well since uh, you brought up uh, helping the arkham team uh, do you mind if i ask what you worked on over there i can't remember the name unfortunately but what, what the newest product that was just announced um they just announced a feast for hemlock that's Grove. the one yeah 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 uh, i i i worked together with uh, duke on that um and uh yeah it was but again it was kind of you know a very similar thing where it was early iterations of stuff i was helping with uh, i'm i'm much less familiar with with arkham than i am with uh champions so um i was in more of a support role there uh really for for duke i i tried to design some stuff but arkham has been a it's a game that's been out for so long it has so many cards and stuff that uh there'd be times where i'd come up with some brilliant idea and pitch it to know duke and maxine and they'd be like no yeah that was like three sets ago with <laughs> that card so i was like oh okay never mind <laughs> not as smart as i thought it was so um but you know i, I tried to help as much as i could and uh I, I found myself like doing things that were more on the back end a little less design stuff and, and a little more of uh, all the other stuff so um yeah I, I i helped with that but very much just in a support role yeah so uh getting back to the marvel champions though um we're just kind of interested to see, Michael, so going into this campaign box, which you said you had a little bit of involvement there in the beginnings, getting things ready. So you, at this point, though, you would have had quite a bit of data from out in the wild, people who are playing the other campaign boxes like the Red Skull and Galaxy's Most Wanted, Man, Titan, Shadow. I'm assuming that all of those were already released by the time that uh, work had began on Next Evolution. Is that right? Does that seem 
Uh, yeah, yeah, up till, um, I think Sinister Motives had just released, or maybe it released, it might have released, like, in the yeah, middle I think of last, yeah. Yeah, so last time you were, that you were on the show, we were looking forward to Sinister Motives, I think. And, um, but prior to this, so there, there was a lot of player involvement now, there was data coming back from the wild, and so I was just kind of curious about how much player feedback influenced the direction that she would take uh, next evolution into as far as difficulty and so forth. Well, I, I feel like by the time we got to next evolution, we had sort of um, found a formula that had, had worked from, you know, all of the, the past campaigns, the past scenarios. Um, I think Tony did a really excellent job in sort of solidifying that further. But like in terms of like campaign, one of the like if you if you go and look at all of the campaigns across all the boxes, they're they're all different, and that's always been intentional. We've we've always tried to do you know a different experience per box. So there's a reason to play you know one box over another. It's not just about the theme. It's there are there are other gameplay elements um, that kind of encourage you to do so. Um, and so like on some levels, I guess the the campaign in the next evolution box wasn't influenced all that much by anything beyond just us wanting it to to operate differently um but like the the villain balance and and you know some of the effects and stuff that that we were willing to put on cards or not willing to put on cards that was definitely influenced by by past data points yeah so uh red skull would be like kind of like the entry level and then galaxy's most wanted was purposely designed to be a, a much more of a challenge to the players and so um, uh, playing through this campaign, which which is a lot of fun, uh, and just li- being out in the community and talking to people, it seems like that the level is uh, it's very nice because I was able to play through the campaign on with on standard and use cards just from the box in order to be able to defeat uh, the campaign on standard. Then I, I jumped up to expert and I found out quickly that I was a little over my <laughs> head, so I, I kind of pulled back a little bit and I thought I better have some cards from some of the other sets in now. It seems like it's a really, really good balance of difficulty, and uh, just wondering, like, how much previous information kind of helped to to balance that out, and and or, or if that's if, is that what the other guys are finding as you're playing through the campaign too, like Steve or I actually don't have it yet, oh. so I'm going to defer to the other. Oh. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> my my yeah yeah, and my game store is uh, something happened. I mean, they haven't delivered anything yet. It's hidden somewhere in the layer, Mike, and you have to find it. You're going to play hot and cold yeah. with our minions, and you'll locate your box. But, um, yeah, I always find that usually you can, maybe from Sinister Motives on, you could take, maybe Mad Titan Shadow too. you could take a pre-con deck and play on standard and have a pretty good chance of winning. And then as soon as you hit experts, like, nope, not going to work. Uh, <laughs> so, um, oh, I was going to say, you had mentioned that you might have had some influence on a few of the hero packs in this wave. We have... We get Cable and Domino in the box, and then there's Archangel, Psylocke, X-23, and Deadpool. Which one of those did you have any influence on, or that, you know, where where did you really stop at with those? Yeah, so so for, um, I, I worked very specifically on, on, uh, on Angel, X-23, and Psylocke. Um, kind of took them through multiple iterations. Uh, did I think pretty much all of their aspect and basic cards 
Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, they, they were they were sort of the we Tony and I split the heroes. He, he had Domino Cable and Deadpool, and I had the the other three. Um, and you know, seeing their release articles uh, with Angel and uh, X23, it looks like their designs are are largely intact. Like um, a lot of the stuff, you know, made its way through from from the iterations that I play tested, which isn't always the case. There have been plenty of times in the past where, you know, I'll, I'll start designing a hero, have a mechanic that I'm really excited for. And then as you play test it, you just realize it's not working for some reason. It's not fun. You know, there, there's a lot of different reasons that you might want to change a hero entirely, completely redesign them. But uh, it looks like, you know, X23 and Angel, at the very least, that the core idea function well enough to, to continue with. Uh, Psylocke is pretty different <laughs> from what she was before, but in seeing her cards, I actually oh, think she okay. they, like she honestly looks better. She looks more fun. She was kind of she was a little bit clunky, and that was something I was trying to work out um, in her playtesting before. You know, trying to sort of smooth out the clunkiness, make it a little more intuitive. Um, and I and I think Tony came up with an idea that's that's works really well, or it seems to. I haven't played her new version, but. Um, I, I like her changes quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, yeah, those those were kind of the the three that I touched. And then there's there's a hero in the next wave. I just remember that one that I worked on very very briefly. It was I was sort of on my way out the door when I helped with that one. But uh, there will be one more hero coming up that uh, I kind of kind of helped with. Oh, that's cool. All right. So you um, were involved with uh, kind of decision making on the additional aspect of pool. Were you on that? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think, I believe Tony was the one who originally sort of envisioned that the the pool aspect. Um, But after, you know, talking with him about it, like, yeah, him and I, in the the vision document that was sort of sent to the upper management to, to, you know, approve the uh, product wave or or deny it for whatever reason, uh, it included that, that idea of like, here's the pool aspect and Here's sort of what it does. It, it adds a lot of like uh, these risk risk reward elements, um, and I I got to help with the design of of some of the cards. But I think you know the the pull aspect is uh, you know almost all Tony. Like it's um, he I, he was the one who came up with the idea, and he's the one who like really fleshed it out. But I was uh, sort of in the background cheering him on. Okay, you said you did Angel, so. You- you brought our third foldable <laughs> card into yeah. the game. Um, was that like an early idea? Like Angel has to have these wings that unfold, or like how did that one come about? Because that's a very interesting with the three aspect, like three sides of the hero. That was again, I think it was in the vision document. So it was something that Caleb and, and Tony and I all kind of talked about. And uh, that the foldable card is um, something that we all liked. We always thought was kind of a fun space and. With Angel, it just kind of, you know, seemed to make sense. You're unfolding his wings. He, you know, he kind of, you know, growing, especially with like the Archangel, the metal wings are supposed to spread out. Um, and uh, yeah, it just, it just seemed to, to work with his, his two different forms. So I think there was an idea floated for a while of just doing, you know, a, another card, um, which was the same for like Ant Man and Wasp. Uh, but, you know, since we've already done the folding cards in the past and there's, there's sort of, the groundwork has been laid for those. So get, I think getting those figured out in the past, it was a little bit tricky at first, but now that we know how they, they work in the production, all that type of stuff, it was like, oh, let's just let's just do it. it you know, I haven't done it in a long time, and, and it makes sense for him. Yeah, you're going to grief the community with one more. How do I 
leave this one card. <laughs> so on your way out the yeah, door. That's, yeah, that's what we like to see. If we could do every hero that way, we would. But unfortunately, it doesn't always fit. <laughs> okay. I do like that um, Michael admitted that the game continues beyond this box, yeah. though, in this yeah, way. Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. So rumors of this uh, game's death are perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that was something <laughs> I, I saw a little <laughs> while back with uh, there was like the delay and the announcement of Next Evolution. And I saw a lot of, you know, a lot of chatter. Oh, the yeah. game's being canceled and stuff. Like, I would be very, very That's surprised yep. if this game is canceled within the next couple years. Like when I left FFG, it was still going very strongly. It was one of the, you know, regularly one of the best selling FFG games per month. Um, and it doesn't seem like it's slowed down since then. So I, I think uh, as long as it's making money, then it's it's going to keep you it's know, getting new content. And it seems to be making a lot of money. <laughs> so it'll be around for a while, I think. <laughs> yeah i think as a general rule of thumb if they're still hiring designers for the game then it's not dead yeah exactly <laughs> if you gauge it by how many content creators are coming out of the woodwork to produce content every it seems like every hour there's yeah, a new yeah. video popping up on youtube Sign of a good community. through the game yeah. you know just a lot of yeah all right so i think last time i don't even remember if sinister motives had released or was it getting ready to was getting ready to. Okay, well, in that case, uh, Boggs, uh, what a what a capstone to put on your career at FFG to end off on that one because we were chatting about this a couple episodes ago and uh, Sinister Motives is far and away a community favorite. So um, pat yourself on the back for that one. That's a lot of fun and has my personal best scenario in the game in it, which is Mysterio. Oh, yeah, I love mm. Mysterio. I loved, I loved uh, playing against... I think that's my favorite one in the box. Did you design that Yeah, one? yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. I, I designed I designed Mysterio. He was um I I always I always really liked how his mechanic sort of I love the dread that comes that comes with it. Like I really want to draw those cards, but I really yes. don't want to draw those cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well thanks for that. Out to the point of Sinister Motives, Rhino was my go-to for playtesting brand new heroes. But then after that came out, then it, I had two more that I could add to it, like Sandman and then especially Venom. I think Venom is probably my favorite in the entire oh awesome the entire game, and I, I just like the the ability to be able to start out kind of building up my board state. He's not threading us out right away, and I just like this the 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 buildup that he has as well. So it's it, to me, it's like for me, it was a perfect. Um, villain to kind of test out some new heroes or try out some new decks. And so I, I've got a lot of games oh, with Venom. Awesome. I really enjoy that. One. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it's uh, I I always like playing against him too. I like the kind of the mind games that Mysterio throws out. But I think um, I think Venom's probably my second favorite in the box, or maybe Sandman. I always really like Sandman too. Those are three of my favorite Spider-Man villains, though. So like you know, I'm happy to to see. Any one of them, you know, kind of be a, a, yeah. a an interesting scenario. All right, so let's we're talking favorites here. We kind of know what you like out of Sinister Motives. Um, do you have any other scenarios from the other boxes that you think you know? They're, they're maybe maybe a favorite in each box if you could remember them, or maybe just overall in the game. Oh man, um, and Red Skull, I I always really liked playing against. Um, uh, Taskmaster. I always found Taskmaster to be. I, I liked his mechanic and R Red Skull as well. Red Skull's a lot of fun. Uh, in Galaxy's Most Wanted, 
I I like the escape museum scenario. Uh, I like how that kind of changes uh, things a little bit. Okay, um, that's a good and, one. And the same way in uh, uh, Mad Titan Shadow, um, Hella is a lot of fun. I've heard that the, the Hella, and to a lesser extent, maybe like the, the escape museum, like those are kind of how they um, have like similar functionality to the Lord of the Rings card game. And I, I think I need to play, yeah, the Lord of the Rings card game because those I, I really oh, yeah. like the functionality yeah, yeah. of both those scenarios. So um, I've played Lord of the Rings the, the, maybe once or twice, but it was like in helping Jeremy's Wern test like a a thing. Um, so I didn't really get a good experience for the game. But so Michael, you haven't heard you haven't heard our Mike belly aching about Hella for the last year and a half. <laughs> uh, may, maybe a little bit, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Because everyone else thinks hell is one of the best scenarios of all time. Because so, you're right. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> to Mike's credit, he does he does like Galaxy's Most Wanted. He's a big proponent of that, right? That's so. true. Yeah, there we go. Maybe yeah. maybe hell just needs more surge. I think that's probably that's the happy middle ground. Um, it needs more. It needs another carry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe that's yeah. it. Um, and then uh, in Sinister <laughs> Motives, yeah, I, th- I think uh, um, uh, definitely Mysterio. Um, and then in Next Evolution, you know, I, I never got to play the sort of the, the final iterations of, of everything. Um, so it's hard to say. Like, uh, it was all, all early iterative stuff. I remember really liking Juggernaut at the time. And from what I can remember, he seems similar to his early iteration. So, um yeah, he he looks like a lot of fun. I've heard a lot of people say that that he's he's fun. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to give him a go in his sort of his final form. So, looking back, another favorites question: uh, What hero packs were your favorites? And I will let you decide what that means. Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, hero packs are my favorites. I. Should we not let him choose one of the 20 hero packs he designed himself? Or does he have to choose uh, someone up else's? To him. I, I'm going to let him oh, okay. decide. I'll try, okay. I'll try to okay. choose. I'll choose one of mine and one of Caleb's. How about that? Um, sure. Uh, for ones that I designed, I have pretty fond memories of the um, uh, like the Sinister Motors wave. I, I always, like, pretty much all of those were, were fun uh, to do, but probably the one that I, I really enjoyed the most was Spider, because I got to work with Maxine or MJ Newman um, on on that one, and you know she did an amazing job. Um, I, you know I, I I helped with a lot of the the aspect side of things and a little bit of the hero stuff, but it was you know mostly her doing the 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 hero functionality and and figuring out how the kind of that mech gameplay worked. Um, and I I really love Spider's sort of gimmick as well like it's it's so interesting you, you when you first play her i heard a lot of testers you know sort of go through this phase of like oh she only gets a couple cards in her hand she's so weak and then you play and you're like oh no spider can actually be very very powerful but she just has a very specific puzzle you're trying to solve as as you go through her kit um so yeah I, i'd say probably that one that entire wave like i could really probably pick any hero from that wave um, and, and, you know, they, they'd be a good answer for me, but, uh, I, I think spider is probably the one that stands up most because I got to work directly with, with Maxine. And then for one of Caleb's, uh, I would say maybe I always really liked 
it's either Star Lord or maybe it is um uh maybe it's Nebula. Uh Star Lord was so Star Lord Caleb kind of designed the um initial kind of the initial um Star Lord kit. I'll get through a couple iterations and then hand it off to me. Almost in the in the way that like I did that with with Tony on like Mojo or or Next Evolution. Um uh, he handed it off to me, and then I kind of helped, you know, take it through playtesting and and make any changes from from the feedback. Um, but it was really Caleb's idea for how Star Lord Star Lord works. Uh, but then also Nebula, the Mad Titan Shadow Wave. Nebula was kind of the opposite, where I put together the initial iteration uh, and then handed it off to Caleb. And and I think Nebula kind of changed enough where um, I would actually say it's maybe more of a, a, a Caleb hero than it was uh, a, a Boggs hero. Um, I kind of helped with some ideas, but she she got, she got was tweaked enough that her functionality is different. But I always liked how she ended up. Like, I, her forms, you know, her putting down the techniques and, you know, having to flip to alter ego and all that type of stuff. I, I like flipping to alter ego a lot. So anything that sort of encourages me to do that and, like, you know, have me go back and forth and really try to build up my board. I, I have a lot of fun with be one of those two. I think. I didn't realize Caleb was such a villain at heart making Star Lord <laughs> yep. and Nebula um, <laughs> and Cyclops. So I guess I should have known. I've got a question with regards to how they, these uh, heroes were credited. So I noticed like you were talking about the spider wave that you know, like Nova was one that was credited to you and Ironheart. Uh, but as you go through all the different heroes and you look at the different credit sheets, you'll see that in some instances there was like two people credited for the design of it. Or like in the case of the uh, the Galaxy's Most Wanted wave, there's like three, like uh, Caleb, yourself, and Jeremy on Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Venom. So is, is there a reason why in some instances it's just one person that's credited and then in other instances it's two or three that's that was credited on there? Or is it just... A consistency thing, or is it? Or how how did they figure who to credit the the hero to? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. So every single product is sort of assigned to one person to to oversee, uh, but that product is not necessarily just you know for them to design and and make all the decisions on alone. Uh, so like on on Galaxy's Most Wanted, I believe there were there were a couple. It was myself. It was uh, Caleb. It was Jeremy. Uh, was Aaron Holtum also on there? I think maybe even he did Groot, right? Yeah, Aaron, yeah. Aaron Holtum helped with Groot, and and Aaron helped with a few of the scenarios. Yeah, it was my so it was myself, Aaron Holtum, Caleb Grace, uh, MJ Newman, and then uh, Jeremy's Wern. Um, so you know, and the the top three, uh, Michael, Aaron, and uh, with Caleb. So myself and Aaron, we kind of worked on it very directly. We we. Uh, discussed, I, I would say like uh, probably a good like 60% if I had to uh, assign it like a number, 60% of the content within the box uh, was uh, like a direct result of, of the work that Aaron and I created. And then Caleb was another good chunk. Like uh, Caleb, especially at that time, he was sort of the um, uh, maybe filter isn't the right word, but but in a way like, you know, things would have to pass through Caleb. He was the lead on the game, even though I was the lead on the box. He was the lead on the the game, and so so it was sort of his job to um, oversee everything and sort of make sure that the product line 
was kind of moving in in a very specific direction was was giving a you know a certain experience or was represented in a certain way and so like i was kind of tasked with you know making the box putting the things together running through play testing but at the end of the day like a lot of that had to pass through caleb and he either had to approve it or deny it which itself was then you know it would go on to like someone like nate french who is the the head developer of the studio or um, some of the executives even at like Asmodee. So there's like multiple levels of approval for a product to, to go out the door. Um, and Caleb was part of that step. So Caleb also helped very directly with ideas. Um, you know, he was integral in figuring out the the functionality of like the, the, the ship, the Milano that sort of, you know, the one that passes around the table as you play. Um, I, I remember he helped with uh, uh, quite a few of the scenarios, ideas there um you know things like the uh what's that one set you get as you play through the campaign is like the the, the market no not the, mar the market oh yeah he helped with the market a bit oh, no the, the um, yeah the, the yeah Bidoon headhunter, the Bidoon headhunter. Like, that that idea of like there's, oh, this, yeah. there's this character following you and you have to fight him and as you beat him he'll like come back stronger all that type of stuff those were those were ideas that caleb you know was like oh we should put this in this will add an extra layer and so he was helping design along with Aaron and I. Aaron and I were doing the majority of like the grunt work, uh, but Caleb was also there to to help. And then Maxine Newman and and also Jeremy Zwern, they were sort of doing very similar stuff. They were there to help bounce ideas. They were there to help play test. Um, and kind of they were there to uh, sometimes they would they would uh, you know pitch new ideas, make suggestions, um, and they were sort of uh, kind of tweaks or or even like direct cards that were made from from things that they would come up with. Um, and so it's, it sort of is almost in, in, in a way it's like a ranking system. So if you see like the word and it means that two people did a very similar amount of work. So myself and Aaron, um, I, I, I think I did more with the box, but he was, you know, he, he did, uh, pretty much the design of Groot. He helped very directly. Oh, Caleb also did rocket. So he helped very directly with the design of rocket. Um, and then uh, there was one of the scenarios that he helped kind of design at the beginning and then another one that he would kind of help me bounce ideas with. Um, so we I it was Aaron and I were kind of doing the majority of the kind of the all the tasks completing those. Caleb was helping to sort of oversee and give more direct ideas, more direct feedback um, and, you know, very specific changes that he wanted in the box. And then uh, MJ and, and Jeremy would sort of you know help in the background and and give additional sort of feedback and stuff like that and um yeah and and, and means a similar amount of work a with means like kind of um kind of yeah, in a support role of that work is this true of all the games michael or is was the the layering of approval is it different for marvel because of the licensing and such uh marvel was kind of yeah, yeah, the licensing definitely adds another layer. Any any game, uh, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, all of those, they're going to have an extra layer. Um, and then also to Marvel, because at this time, even in you know the Galaxy's Most Wanted, this was our second expansion, but it was still it was still a relatively new game. Sure. Okay. I think Caleb was definitely in a, in a more um, hands-on role at that time. As the game went on and, you know, he had other priorities like the, the Star Wars deck building game, um, I think he was happy to, to sort of like you know, kind of pass that responsibility along. But yeah, there for a long time, uh, it was I think he was much more in the in the driver's seat in, in, in a sense. 
Um, but uh, in so- some games, it just sort of depends on the team. Like, I know that, like, on the Arkham Horror game, uh, MJ Newman, she was in a very similar role to, to Caleb, where she had people that she worked with. I know she worked with Jeremy Zwern. Uh, I worked with her. Uh, Duke Harris worked with her. Um, but for a long time, she was sort of the one to sort of um, to, to make all the final decisions to, to, to oversee the entire game as a whole. But, okay. you know, her oversight is, still needs to be approved by all the upper levels. So I, I think most games probably follow a similar okay. structure. There's like a, a overseeing villain. Then there's some elite minions and then maybe a minion in there, yeah, too. That's, so, okay. that's, that's exactly how it is. I can wrap my head around that. Okay, makes sense. I was thinking more like an all-star team. This is like a like you know, yeah. all the names that are that were mentioned here. I, I played other games that they were part of too. Like Jeremy, um, he was involved in Destiny, and that was a big game for me. And so you know, just hearing Caleb and all the different ones working together on this is like a it's it was really neat to hear um, you mention all the different ones that had input. And various ways in the box. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. The Galaxy's Most Wanted box. I I know for some people it's been a little contentious, but it was it was a fun product to work on. Getting to work, you know, w- along with everybody. Um, it was um, sometimes it, it it when you have that many people working on a box, it it can be a little difficult to juggle ideas and and kind of figure out you know what. There's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of suggestions, and um, not everything's always going to work. So it, it can be tricky to to sort of pinpoint um, sort of what what is the best way to move forward. But um, it was still a you know a very fun process. It was it was, um, it was you know the every single you know Aaron, MJ, Caleb, Jeremy, they're all very talented people. So it was uh, it was a good learning experience on my part. As a designer, do you like the too many cooks in the kitchen, or do you like to be kind of left on your own more? Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I think I tend to, I, I really like working with people, uh, but I also, sometimes it's, it's. I, I think I tend to work best when I can kind of like um, sit back and do my thing for a little bit and then come and, you know, and kind of talk about it. It's not, not when it's, when it, when, uh, whenever sort of a team structure or project structure ends up being this like very, like, um, you're constantly bouncing ideas. You're constantly sort of going through different channels. Like it's not necessarily frustrating, but I feel like the, the, it doesn't flow as well. Uh, whereas if like you, you know, if you can assign someone a task, let them go and sort of complete that task to the best of their ability and then come back a little bit later and sort of review that. And of course you need, there's got to be checkpoints and stuff along the way. You can't just, you know, I don't think it's, it's ever great when team members are totally divided and nobody knows what anyone else is working on. But uh, I think there's sort of a happy medium there between having sort of like these little pods that everyone is sort of uh, broken up into compared to like just this constant mesh of ideas. Like I think finding that middle ground is, is good for me as a designer. It, it, it always helps when I can, when I can have the freedom to do what I need to do to, to make a, a design or a product work. Um, but at the same time, I'm sort of working with the teammates to, to, to come up with the best product that, that we can make. Cool. Thank you. So there's a lot of products out there. Uh, you did a lot, but you didn't do all of them. Is there a hero that you wish, or even is there a hero you wish you got to make 
maybe it's somebody else made it or maybe it just hasn't been made yet and you really like man i want to really make this character um do, do you have one i feel like pretty much all of the characters that i wanted to see in the game got in the game um i was always you know uh i'm a big spider-man fan um so like seeing seeing kind of like a, the own spider-man wave um you know there was uh a lot of the uh, growing up, a lot of the X Men that I wanted to to see have have kind of made their way in. Um, probably the only character I can think of is maybe Lady Stiltman. Lady Stiltman is absolutely my favorite. Um, so once they Lady, Lady Stiltman, Stiltman yeah, once they put in Lady Stiltman, oh, okay. I think that that is the sign that the game is coming to a close because you you just can't you can't <laughs> top that. So that that is the. Uh, yeah, I, maybe maybe it's best if we don't see Lady Stiltman for a while because that'll that'll be a sad day. Lady Stiltman, oh yeah. Okay, you didn't make that up. Yeah, no, Someone Lady Stiltman's did. a real All thing. Right. No, I, I really can't think of any characters. I've you know I I, I love the the uh, X Men and it's it's really been cool to see, especially like the X Force. Psylocke was was one that I always really enjoyed as a kid. Um, so it was cool to see Psylocke come about. X twenty three was another one that I really liked as a kid um uh deadpool's a lot of fun like pretty much pretty much every here and and there's still you know more down the line too there's there's still more coming um so you know the i really any hero that i can i can think of i think we'll see one day like there's you know there's such a large roster of of marvel characters but uh the game's also still like you know chugging along with more products so um I, i think we'll we'll definitely see all the major characters eventually sure sure yeah i just wasn't sure if there's one you're like man i i just never got a chance to make that one was there was there a villain maybe that you really want to make like a spot villain mike would be real happy for that (laughs) or oh i would have been happy with that i love spot um yeah yeah spot would have been really cool but i've seen quite a few people say that they wish that the uh the sinister six scenario had been like a doc ock only scenario and i don't know i like the sinister six scenario and and i think like um on some levels like the the sinister six just as a villain group needed to exist in the in the game just because of how iconic they are but um i also do wish that we maybe could have put a sixth scenario in the box and had doc ock because i kind of agree i think a, a doc ock scenario would have been extremely fun to to design um it, it would have been, and it was even something that we kind of talked about a little bit not a sixth scenario but like you know instead of sandman or venom or or mysterio or or even venom goblin to to an extent like do we have we put dr octopus in there instead and and it you know we ended up on the the villain group that we did just because dr octopus fit so well within the sinister six but yeah, it would have been maybe I don't know. Maybe one day he can get his own scenario pack or something. Like it would, well, it would be cool. be cool to see him have his own standalone thing. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, the sinister motives um, block. That wasn't a part of the original pitch, right? Uh, from what I understood from previous interviews, there was the Infinity block, and then there was going to be the X Men block. So that sinister one was kind of kind of an afterthought or squeezed in later. Is is that how that that worked? So we we got Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. We uh we finished up, or I guess we didn't. We weren't quite finished. We were, it was coming to a close on um, uh, 
on the Mad Titan Shadow wave, and we were moving into X-Men, and there was there was some difficulty there with like the scheduling. I can't remember the specifics of it. I think something with licensing or something, but uh, between that and then just like some just other talk and stuff, it was like let's let's put something in between. Mad Titans and and X Men because we knew that the the X Men stuff was gonna be it was gonna be multiple sets, um, just like how Mad Titans had been like kind of multiple waves of of adventures. Um, so before you know starting sort of another uh, kind of like set journey in a sense like you know let's just have some it's a little more standalone that kind of helps break up the pace and we talked about a couple different things but um, I think you know Caleb really pushed forward the idea of a, of a spider person wave because. He knew how much I, I kind of liked that that group of heroes, and uh, we also we felt like it was a good opportunity. We had uh, Miss Marvel in the game already; she'd been out for a little while, and she was like our only champion. It was like, okay, well, you know, Miles Morales both has spider powers, but he's also in the champions, so maybe we can make something there work. And uh, yeah, it just it felt like a good opportunity to sort of do a couple different things. Can't help but wonder if if there was a block that we. That we weren't aware of at the beginning, we knew of like the infinity block as it was unfolding. I can't help, and I know I can't ask, but I know I can't help but hope that there's like another whole entire block just sitting out there waiting to be to be made. <laughs> I I wouldn't be too surprised if okay. there was. Yeah, I, I would expect to. Maybe we we had the infinity set of three, and we got a little palette cleanser with the Spider Verse the spider people and then we're going to get all these mutants and then maybe we'll get a single standalone box and then another three like that'd be good right you can sneaking these ones that don't necessarily warrant like three big boxes um that'd be cool well uh i think that's a lot of our specific marvel questions we have some more general designer questions i think we wanted to ask um because in in previous interviews you know you've mentioned that you're like a game designer at heart right so you left FFG, you moved across the world where you are now in the future <laughs> from where we are. Um, are you still working on games? Have you been able to work on any games? Are you making anything? Yeah, I am. Um, so my full-time job, I'm, I'm working at a game studio uh, right now. I'm working as a, as a narrative designer. Um, and sort of in my free time, uh, week weekdays and... Um, uh, like our week, week weeknights and, and weekends, uh, I've been um, designing and developing a, a, a new project um, that I've been working uh, with a friend on for a long time. So um, still kind of, you know, keeping in the industry, um, uh, the the narrative design stuff, you know, that's 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 just um, uh, kind of, you know, been my been my full time job. But um the other project, you know, it's it's something that will be announced, you know, uh, later and uh, uh, has kind of been my, my, I guess, my almost like a passion project in a way. Is this a studio that we know of? Are we going to see your name on some stuff soon? Um, can you talk about any of that or or not yet? Uh, I, yeah, I, I can't talk about any of it yet. Um, maybe in the future. Okay. It's a, it's like, so my, uh, the, the thing that I've been working on with a friend, um, we've kind of got... Um, uh, some stuff lined up next year. I think we'll be able to announce some stuff. Um, and then the the studio that I'm working with now, it's uh, <laughs> it, uh, yeah. My wife and I, we live in China, um, and uh, we're we're currently in in Shanghai, and it's uh, 
it's it's just like a it's just like a uh, like a little game studio that they don't make the best games, but you know they, they have a, they give a paycheck, so it's something I put on the resume. Uh, I don't know if I would tell people the studio <laughs> even if I could. It's uh, okay. It's, it's not the most prestigious place, but you know it's it's fine. It, you know the the. It's it's a nice work environment. It, it, pay is okay, so it's it's it definitely not the worst job to have. It's better than than teaching, in my opinion. I like teaching, but it's a lot easier than that. So those are kind of my two options here. Daniel gets that. He's a long time <laughs> yeah, teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's teaching is a lot of fun, but it can be uh, overwhelming at times. It can be very frustrating. So this is a lot less pressure. I'm excited that we get the, another game with Michael Boggs, possibly on the box. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. I'm 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 uh, looking forward to when it's announced. It's it's been a lot of a lot of fun to work on. So um, can't can't wait. So we Bill just said you know he's excited for anything for Michael Boggs. Um, you're out there. You're making games. You made this game. You've made other games. Or you've worked on all kinds of stuff. Uh, feedback from people in the community, positive, negative feedback. How, does that like how does that affect you? How does that impact your designs does do you are you able to shrug off the bad stuff do you internalize that i mean it's got to be tough right oh yeah on some levels but but i do think that's part of the position uh uh, being in a design position i i've i've always felt like i'm i'm uh, pretty decent at at being able to sort of separate kind of the, the the work from sort of the the designer I know that that you know I've, I've worked with people in the past. I've seen people in the past that will design something, and then when you give them feedback on it, I may, they don't necessarily get defensive, but I, I feel like they feel attached. Like, oh, I put this energy, I put this passion into this to make this thing. You don't like it, so now I'm I'm kind of hurt. Um, I, I don't really get like that so much. I, I feel like once I create a thing, to me, it's there's there's this level of detachment. I've I've created this thing, and yes, I'm the one who made it, but it exists beyond me in a way and and in that sense like I, I think it should be able to be crafted and criticized by people to, to make it better ultimately and um that's sort of how i've always looked at it so like yeah the, the you know there have definitely been things that i i've put out into the world that didn't resonate with people that people really didn't like but i see that more as just like a learning experience than anything else like it, it sucks that people don't like it i wish that they did but uh you know it's i think it it shows me an opportunity where I can improve in the future, where I can kind of change course and, and um, try to refine the process down the road. Um, and in the same way, I, I, for me, it kind of goes both ways. You know, it's, it's, if I put something out that people really, really like, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that they do, but there is this again, level of detachment where, um, you know, it's, it's more, it's not necessarily me. Like I'm happy when people like the stuff, but I, I think more than anything, I'm, happy to see that like oh this this type of thing works like this resonates with people um which is in in and of itself like another sort of learning experience so that's that's kind of how i've always approached the design process okay so all those mean things daniel was saying totally fine really bother yeah it's it's uh and i deserve all of them so you know it's fair but i'm starting to lose sleep about it um just in, in terms of like design and stuff, Michael. So you, you you're working on a game for as long as you did, um, and in a, a style of games with FFG too, like card games and living card games. And are you seeing yourself now being able to kind of stretch your wings a little bit more as a designer and push different boundaries and explore different things? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Especially you know now that I'm sort of doing my own uh, stuff, 
um, there's there's of course you know so much more freedom that comes with that. But um, but before I ever started working at FFG, I had some like independent designs that I worked on. Um, and right before I was hired at FFG, I was in, in talks with a publisher for one of my designs. Uh, but like even looking back at that design, you know, at the time, the publisher seemed to really like it. But like, I don't I don't think I would want to pitch that game today. I think I have grown as a designer. And I, and I think, you know, the opportunity to work at FFG, to work with such talented people um, like that, those things have definitely helped me, you know, kind of shape my processes to to you know kind of um, understand how to make things that are more fun i i really do think i'm a, a better designer today than you know when i was first hired at ffg um but it, it's uh yeah it's it, you know having having that experience and um kind of being able to 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 kind of grow in that in that environment i think like has sort of created the situation now where it's like you know, I'm I'm trying to to create things that that challenge me and that uh, um, you know are are things that I really want to see out in the world that I, maybe I haven't seen in other places. That uh, you know, I I want to make something new and fun and interesting um, that is like not just you know just the, the same type of stuff I've done before. So um, it's uh yeah it's 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 been a lot of fun to sort of have that freedom to kind of be able to make the decisions that I want to make and. You know, not be told, oh, we need to make this specific product with these specific characters at this specific time. That in and of itself is very fun, but you're always kind of working in this box, and it's 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 nice to be able to now like kind of break free from that box. Sure. Yeah, beautiful, good question. Thank you. All right, so Boggs, you we've worked at FFG with all these great designers, but they can't all be amazing people and fun to work with and stuff. There's got to be some really juicy gossip you have about FFG. What can you uh, tell us? Yeah, I mean, you know, most designers were a pleasure to work with and ffg was a lot of fun to work at uh, overall uh but really if i had to just pick anyone that was the worst it would be and just like, ooh, I, i've got some things that i can tell you about uh for instance you know he was this guy it was very um he was always you know just kind of look outside and just you know really deep uh, he's a fun player. He's so many. Um, yeah, he was uh, a cool actor. Yeah, that is that, that's absolutely like probably the, the most terrible experience that I've had at, at FFG. Just working on that. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I can't believe he. I know, I know. I, I, I probably shouldn't. I know we're being recorded, oh. but I, I, I had to get it off my chest. I appreciate oh my the question. I hope. Oh. Okay. Yikes. Uh, Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, we better switch yeah. gears after that I one. Wasn't huh? expecting uh, that one. I can't. I can't tell if I'm delighted or terrified. That's that's yeah. what he does to people. Jeez. That's exactly how he changes works. your opinion on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was such a oh. nice guy. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Oof. Okay. Well, uh, well, switching gears. Um, <laughs> if you could go to dinner with any game designer in history, who would it be and why? Oh man. Uh, any game designer in history. That is a apparently not. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No. That would that. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, I don't think I'd be able to eat. I think I would. Yeah. We're oh, trying okay, to okay, switch yeah, gears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
That's a good question. Um, I would say probably. So when I was when I was young, I uh, like like you know high school and and <laughs> college. I played a lot of World of Warcraft, like way too much World of Warcraft. Um, and uh, back then, I used to love reading. So so every like uh, month, I think the the lead designer of the project, um, he went by Ghostcrawler. He would kind of put out these uh, posts on uh, on the the World of Warcraft website uh, about like upcoming design changes, why they had had uh, decided on these things, um, how their process worked, all just this this insight into the game and the design team uh, to let the community know that they were listening to feedback. Um, and that they were trying to make the game the best it could be, you know, that, that it wasn't just them kind of doing whatever they wanted to do, that, that the players actually had a say in shaping the game. Um, and as a player, I always really loved that. But as like, you know, someone in college who wanted to be a game designer, uh, it was just kind of it was fascinating to almost study in a way to, to sort of see that process from the outside and and to kind of um you know in some ways i think at ffg i I have brought a lot of the things that i learned from reading those posts and kind of following um sort of their their processes back then i I think it really did help shape me and i know that 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 guy uh his name is greg street he went on to uh work at uh riot games he was um for a long time i think he was heading their uh the riot games mmo that's that's been um i don't think it's officially been announced but they kind of talked about it you know in, in whispers and stuff so um yeah if i had to pick anyone probably him he's had a very uh kind of um interesting career and i and i think it's just you know it'd just be cool to just just chat with him about the way that he does stuff the way that he approaches problems because he's you know worked on some of the most successful games of, of all time so um yeah i'd, I'd probably have to pick Probably have to pick Ghostcrawler, I think. Nice. All right, Michael. We're going to throw you a big party. And it's a karaoke party, and it's your turn to sing. What do you, <laughs> well, I what mean, do you that, ask us to play? First of all, it's at this party, because I don't know if I want to... If he's there, I'm I'm going home. <laughs> no, I think that based on what you said before, okay, 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 this okay, is good, party good, good, good. All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm up to the mic. I got to sing. I would probably sing... Uh, Holy Diver uh, by uh, Rodney James Dio, I think. So in uh, like in Korea, Japan, Thailand, China, there's there's these um, it's kind of it's kind of like karaoke, but they're just like 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 little rooms where you can just go with your friends. Usually you can have up to like eight or ten people in a room and you can sit there. You have drinks and food and stuff and you guys can kind of have your own karaoke Uh, here in China. They call them KTVs. Um, And uh, 
yeah, that's that's usually my my song. That's my closing song generally. Is Holy Diver. Sweet. What about like a. <laughs> I don't think Dio's ever been brought up on the podcast. Has has he? No. I don't think so. This might be a first. So first like uh, like or if you were to do a duet with, uh, I mean, can you? Oh, a duet. Oh, um, <laughs> Sunny and Cher or. When yeah, did you leave my wings? Maybe something. Yeah. Um, mm. Little islands in the stream. <laughs> That's a tricky one. Yeah, I, I might let that one. I think he's uh, a very. Um, he's got that high falsetto voice. If you've ever heard him talk, it's just like he's like he's like a squeaky, like a squeak toy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I'd probably let him. That was probably in the background. Yeah, yeah. So I'd let take the the high part and I'd take the low part. Whatever it was, but I'd let him pick because you know I want to make sure that it, it it's it's um it's high enough for him. I don't I don't want the process the the part to be too low for him. Right. Um. So here's a question for you: Any advice that you could offer to an amateur game designer or for someone who's hoping to break into the business of designing games? Oh yeah, sure. Um. So amateur game designer, I have. I kind of mentioned that before FFG, I, I kind of, you know, did some indie designs for a long time. Uh, I was living in South Korea and in, in, in Seoul, South Korea at the time. And while I was there, I started going to this board game shop and uh, made friends with the owner and uh, started this weekly designer, board game designer meetup group. We would meet like every Tuesday, I think. Um, and a lot of people would come through. And, you know, I was still amateur myself at that time, but... I, I, you very quickly, once you start to meet other designers and, and even in the industry, sometimes I think you, you can pretty quickly discern like who is very comfortable in that role and who is not. And I think the people who tend to be comfortable in that role and tend to be most confident in that role are the people who can have a little bit of that detachment, who aren't so defensive with their designs, but then also can can follow through with designs. It, you know, sometimes you might see someone that they bring in a design, play something one week, bring a brand new thing the next week, bring in a brand new thing. And they're just like each one of these things. They're just ideas or they might come in and not have anything and they would just talk and talk and talk about this grand idea that they had, but they hadn't actually you know, put pen to paper. Um, so I, I think my main advice is to, you know, create the game that you want to make, uh, which I know sounds kind of silly, but it's like it's very easy to kind of get stuck in your own head. It's and I even do it to this day. Like it's 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 you know, you come up with this concept this something something you're really excited for. But then it, that's that's as far as it goes. Like take the steps to to actually put it into a tangible format to be able to play it. Um, and then, you know, once you have that, understand that it sort of does the design kind of exists beyond you. And, and it's it's sort of you need to have a level of detachment from it. You need to to be willing to to shape it based on the feedback of people around you that you trust. Um, and, and, you know, that's the only way you're going to make it grow. You can't create something, but then be so defensive that you don't actually let it sort of uh, go on its own and, and kind of grow into what it can be. Um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, for, for anyone who's really trying to get into design work, it's, it, it's a process of just trial and error. A lot of times you make something, you play it. Oh, this is crap. Like let's refine it and play it again. Oh, this is still crap, but a little bit less than it was. And it's just that over and over and over and over. It's a, it's an iterative process. Um, 
So yeah, yeah. A anyone looking to just you know design their own thing, um, those are sort of the the first step. That's kind of the main course. To get into the industry itself, that is a bit harder to give advice for. I, I actually feel very lucky that I was even able to break into the industry. I just happened to see um, a, uh, a job posting by Fantasy Flight Games years ago. Um, it was even very random that I wandered on the FFG website when I did. Like, I guess they put that posting up a couple of weeks before and they, from what I was told, they were about to take it down. Like it was only going to be active for like two or three more days. And I just happened to wander on there. So, you know, in the application process, the interview process, like I got hired, but there were a lot of other great candidates that could have very easily been hired in my place. So I really kind of just rolled. I've been playing like way too much Baldur's Gate three. And so, you know, I, I, I rolled a natural 20 basically in that process. Um, I, I got really, really lucky, but you know, a lot of times for for other people who maybe don't get, you know, hired very directly by like a, a company like at FFG, I think generally the route is to make a design, refine it, get it to the point where you know it's fun, where you enjoy playing it, you get feedback that it's fun, you take it to people who don't even know you, because sometimes friends and family, you know, they won't always tell you honestly. Uh, so like taking it to conventions or taking it to board game shops and getting other people to play it that you've never met before, listening to their feedback. And like once you've done that enough and the feedback that you get is, oh, this is a really good game. I think that's generally when you can kind of go to a, a publisher. You can either, you know, schedule a meeting with them sometimes at the big conventions. I know they do that at Gen Con, for instance. Uh, sometimes you can, you know, even email them, hey, I have this design, are you potentially interested? I think that route tends to be a little less success successful, but, um, you know, I think there are, I know there are publishers out there who will sometimes uh, accept a design if you can kind of put together a pitch, uh, you know, maybe send them um, like kind of the, 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 the vision of what you're trying to create. Um, if it sounds interesting and it sounds fun, I think a lot of publishers are at least willing to take a look. So, um, yeah, if, if you can get hired by a, a big company, that's awesome. But uh, a lot of people don't get that lucky. And, and, and I think the alternative route is just to, to make the best game you can make and, um, you know, find someone who is uh, who likes it as much as you do and is willing to publish it. it sounds like uh, a lot of good advice there. A voice of experience, right? So thanks for sharing. I actually need to bust out. Michael, thank you so much for coming back. It's great to talk to you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same to you. It's, it's always a pleasure to be on. Michael, thanks so much for coming on. This has been great. Um, it's been really nice to have you on again, and I'm glad we were able to find the right time with the crazy time zones that we could all get on. Um, I want to thank Bill for coming on and creating most of the questions that we asked. We put our loyal minion to work here. Uh, so Those thank you, Bill. Questions. It was a pleasure really to meet you. Nice talking to you. Yeah, oh, I didn't get a chance to talk to the designers of your favorite game. So thank you so much for this game, and and thanks for coming <laughs> on and talking with us. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. All right. Well, if folks want to get a hold of us, uh, they have any questions, maybe we could pass along. Mike, how are they going to do that? Uh, yes, they can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail dot com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook, and you can find us on YouTube or Patreon by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Blow, Wandering Tooth, and Board Game Lawyer. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Mojo, take us in.
72,000 channels and nothing worth watching. You think there might be something on Mojo TiVo or Spineless Spice channel? And Mike. Hey, Bugs. Nice to hear you again. Is that a squeaker toy I heard? <laughs> I heard it too. I definitely heard a squeaker toy. Nice. All right, guys. That's uh, me playing with my toys. <laughs> Can't print though anyway. <laughs> uh, what were we doing? <laughs> <laughs>